Okay, now hang on to the very end of this episode to hear more about the great podcasts we offer at Time of Grace. Today is the last episode in the Office Max postcard series, and it is titled Power Through the Day. I'm not sure what Office Max was thinking when they came up with this topic, but I'm pretty sure it is not even close to what I'm thinking about. Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. So very often, I imagine, like me, that you get weary and you wonder how you're going to have the strength and energy to get through the day or through the project or through the commitment or whatever it is that you're trying to get through. And I'm not sure what you do to get through your days, but I went to the Word and I'm going to share with you some of the things that I think we need to do. Number one is prayer. This is a no-brainer, and I know it's brought up many, many times on this podcast, but for good reason. I had a stretch recently where I was working nine out of 11 days, and it was a little bit of a brutal stretch. It was just a lot of work, and it didn't come at a super easy time, and there were other things happening, and I had other obligations, and I had a sleepless night in there, and I was feeling very, very, very drained and weary at the end of the 11 days. So before I left for work on day 11, I asked my son and his girlfriend if they would please pray for me. And I was astounded at how God got me through that night. I shouldn't have been astounded. I had asked for prayer, but I still marveled at God's graciousness. When holidays or particularly stressful and yet wonderful things come along and we are found or finding ourselves to be just like wore out, But there's a lot of things left to do. So, you know, when we come to weddings or graduations or confirmations or birthday parties or anniversaries or holidays even, they're all such good things. You know, and you want to spend the time with your family and you want everybody to come over and you want to have a meal and you want all that good stuff. However, it can still be stressful and it can still be extremely wearisome. So how are we going to get through it? Well, when it comes to these things, there's a couple things that I've learned. First of all, I have learned to not go all out, okay? I am not at a point in my life where I can dedicate my whole life to making, you know, party favors and really fun tabletop decorations and all that good stuff. And I have learned that simplicity is key. So whether it's a graduation party for one of my children or a holiday, I want it to be nice. But you know what? I am so over the uh, it's got to be perfect or super elaborate thing, I would much, 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 much more, rather, um, spend time with people than to be sitting at an event exhausted or having to continually refill party favors or, or whatever. And so I've learned to just simplify and to be okay with that. Just take that off my plate. I'm not going to have a super stressful and super elaborate decorated party. We're going to get together and we're going to have food and we're going to make it nice 
but easy. So that's one of the ways that I don't kill myself anymore when it comes to things. I also am getting up there in age and I have learned my limitations much more than I used to. I used to just power through and stay up all night, whether it was something at church, you know, the Christmas program or what have you. And I would just um, make myself do things. And now I am much more prone to asking for help, as in I can't do this by myself. So I need three friends to help me get the costumes ready and put the stage together and do this, that, and the other. So I've learned that I'm one person. And that it's okay to ask for help. And that's a beautiful thing too. But fundamentally, so many times, bottom line is life is just hard. And you do get weary. And you get sleepy. And for whatever reason, sometimes you can't sleep in the middle of these super awesome, wonderful things that you want to be doing. But yet, your body just doesn't know how to turn off. So we have to go back to God. In those situations, when we're doing what we can and we've, you know, put those things down where we're, we're, we are trying to simplify and we are trying to spread it out and have other people help, but we still can't sleep. Where do you find your strength? Well, I like to remind God of Elijah. So as you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. So there had been a three-year drought in the land and Ahab blamed Elijah for it. Because Elijah had said it wouldn't rain on the land for a season. And the idea was to have the Israelites turn to God. Not sure it worked that way. However, after three years, Elijah presented himself to Ahab. And he said to him, you know, we're going to settle this once and for all. Let's find out who the true God is. So he asked Ahab to bring the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah to Mount Carmel. Each was to present a sacrifice in whichever God lit the sacrifice on fire was the true God. So the prophets of Baal and Asherah, they worked all day. They danced. They cut themselves. They tried to get their um, God, gods, to light the sacrifice on fire. Didn't work. Ahab um, was watching. And Elijah called on God, who brought fire from heaven, and the sacrifice burned up. So after that, Elijah prayed and rain came on the land. And as the rain was starting to fall, Elijah ran ahead of Ahab's chariots down the mountain. Now, we are never told that Elijah was a world-class runner, that he was a sprinter, or that this was something he had put serious time into training. So how did this happen? Well, we're told. It says The power of the Lord came on Elijah. So that means that when we're running out of strength, God has more than enough and can provide. We know that God's all-powerful. We know that when we need strength, it is not that big of a deal for God to provide it for us. He can give you what you need to get through the situation. Look at Esther. She was in an impossible situation. She didn't want to go to her husband, who was a king, because she hadn't been asked to come to him for 30 days. And it just happened to be a law that if you go to the king without being summoned, he could kill you. So when Mordecai came to her and said, you know, you need to go talk to your husband because the Jews are going to be destroyed. She was kind of like, hey, dude, this is a great idea. However, 
it's against the law. And I'm a law-abiding citizen, so you got to find a plan B. And he said, you are the plan B, C, D, E, F, G, through the rest of the alphabet. So it's all you, baby. And so what did she do? She said, okay, then Mordecai, if this is going to go down, I'm going to pray. My maids are going to pray. But you got to gather the people, and they've got to pray. And that's exactly what happened. And what happened? God gave her the strength to go to her husband, and he changed that king's mind. So win-win. What about Daniel? He had an executioner show up on his doorstep, something I'm very glad that I cannot say that I've experienced. How do you get through that? Well, Daniel went to the king and said, hey, I'd be happy to interpret the dream, but I need a little bit of time here. And then he spent the night praying. And in the middle of the night, God gave him the answer. When the edict came out many years later that anybody who didn't uh, worship the king or anyone who prayed to any king other than the king of Babylon would be thrown into the lion's den, what did Daniel do? He went home and prayed. Of course, he was thrown into the lion's den because of it, but God saved him. God spared him. So prayer should always be our first resort. Whatever we're facing, whatever's too big for us, Whatever would otherwise drag us down, cause us to despair, would um, suck and drain all of our energy, bring it to the Lord in prayer. Look at the Apostle Paul. He wrote half of the New Testament. And you would think, this guy is just the Energizer Bunny. I mean, clearly, he wrote half the New Testament because he had something that the rest of us don't have. Well, or he asked people to pray for him. He said in the book of Colossians, devote yourself to prayer. And then he said to the people, pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message. And later on, he said, pray that I may proclaim it clearly. I think God answered those prayers. You know, would the Apostle Paul have done so much if he hadn't had all those people praying for him? We'll never know. I'm just thankful people were praying for him. All of those people depended on God. Not their own strength, not their own ability, not their own awesomeness. They were depending on God in all these situations. So at the top of our list, prayer has to be there. God, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not resilient enough. I cannot persevere unless you give me the strength. Number two, how long has it been since you took an honest look at your schedule? Is there a chance that you're doing too much? Are there things you're doing that are wasting your time? Take a serious look at your commitments. What committees are you serving on? Are they effective? Are they just spinning your wheels? Do you go there and month after month after month you talk about the same thing and you never get around to doing what you were supposed to be doing and you talk about it every month and nothing ever changes and you seriously start to wonder why am I even going? Then you need to get off the committee. Okay, if it is a waste of your time, then you need to just get off of that and use your time in a better way. How about all the emails? I am continually unsubscribing from emails that I do not have time to read. Now, um, it takes time to go through your emails and unsubscribe, but then they're not in your inbox anymore. So pays off. Social media. How much time are you spending scrolling? How about entertainment? 
How many hours a week are you working? How much sleep are you getting? All of these things can really add up when you're talking about weariness. It's amazing when you start getting rid of your time wasters. And for me, a long time ago, I decided to get off of one social media site in general, and it has mm, changed a lot for me. And I do not miss it. I don't. I hate to say that, but I don't. Another thought is, are you passionate about what you're doing? Because people can really tell if you're not passionate about what you're doing. And if you're getting up and you're already feeling tired before you step outside the door to go to work, that might clue you in that it's time to get a different job. Maybe it's because it's a really hard season. Maybe your coworkers are going through something. Maybe your boss is um, not super supportive. I don't know the whole ins and outs. But the question is, are you passionate about what you are doing? And if not, is it time to change? Because it can make a huge difference to become part of an organization where there are people around you who spur you on, who encourage you, challenge you, help you, and um, make it easy to want to show up for work. So is that happening? Is that any part of this? Okay, the next two, just going to breeze over super, super quickly. Uh, How's your diet? You know, I watch a show with my 13-year-old, and that's a particular detective series. And the people are working all the time. You know, they're working like crazy people. Sometimes it seems like they're up 24 hours and they're barely sleeping and they're always walking around with coffee. That's not particularly a healthy way to live. So if you're living off of caffeine, uh, you might need to reconsider what you're doing. Everything should be done in moderation, including sugar. Sugar can really, 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 really cause the crash later on. In fact, a coworker one weekend brought lemon donuts and asked me if I wanted one. And I said, the question is not, do I want one? Because we all know the answer to that. The question is, do you want to work with me in about an hour when I can barely pick myself up to help you get the work done that we need to do? So diet should be something that every once in a while, just take a look, take an honest look. Are you getting fruits and vegetables? Are you eating homemade, good food? Are you eating in moderation, not filling up on desserts and sweets that are going to weigh you down? Are you drinking too much caffeine, consuming too much caffeine? All those things are important things that could be factoring into your weariness. And number four uh, or five, whichever we're at at this point, exercise. Listen, I know it takes energy to exercise, but being a healthy weight really does pay off. It's um, it's easy to fall into laziness. And I've always found that when my eating is way off and I'm skimping on exercise, I just do not have the energy to keep going. I get, I get much more tired uh, halfway through the day. I'm not doing as much. And I think the key that I have found is eat less, move more, make sure that there's a lot of fruits and vegetables. For myself, and and again, this is not biblical, this is not um, gospel, you know, for myself, I try to limit myself to one cup of caffeine a day instead of living off it. 
so that I am, because I do really enjoy a cup of coffee, but I don't want it to be something that I have to have in order to get me through the day. I'm going to give you a couple of quotes to hold on to. These are straight out of the Bible, and this is just a reminder of where we're going to go to get our strength, what we're going to lean on to power through the day, because this is our hope and this is our strength. Isaiah 40 verse 29 says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And Psalm 46 1 says, God is our refuge and strength in ever-present help in times of trouble. We have to remember to go to God. I like to think of it in terms of a cell phone. We all have cell phones. And, you know, you can only use it so much and then you've got to stop and plug it in. If, if you don't plug it in, eventually it will be dead. And then it's useless. And the same is true for us. And it's spiritually and physically both. So you can run yourself ragged for a while, but eventually you are going to have to rest. And if we would take the Sabbath seriously and get spiritual rest and get physical rest, it would do so much for our bodies. We tend, as Americans especially, to just want to go, 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 go and fill our lives so full. And, you know, again, think of that cell phone. You can only do that for so long. And then it's just going to die and it's going to be done. Your body's the same way. You cannot go without sleep forever. There are times that you just have to shut down. You have to um, clear the schedule, have a day at home, have a holiday at home. One of the things that we've started doing as a family is really paying attention to when my kids are off of school, when everybody's home. Yes, we want to see our relatives. And yes, we want to do some things together. But I try to schedule days where we're not going to do anything. This is a day at home. Yeah, we can go shopping if you have things you need to get. We can do some errands if you want to do some errands. But this day is just going to be a lay low day so that we can all recharge. Because <laughs> we can't keep going a million miles an hour. But spiritually too, it is so important that we are connecting to the all-powerful source that will get us through. If I am not spending time in my Bible... If I am not spending time in prayer, I'm going to fall short. I'm going to run out of that spiritual food that's going to keep me going. But when I go to God, even in my weariness, when I'm going to the Bible to recharge, I'm looking and I'm reading God's promises and I'm seeing what he's saying and I know who he is and I remember his character. Then I'm saying, okay, God, you can get me through this. And on the other side of this, we're going to rest. But right now, we need to power through. So that is how we are going to power through our days, one by one. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Okay, before you leave, I want you to hear just a little portion of C.L. Whiteside's The Non-Microwave Truth. Trust me, you will want to hear more. Have a great week. If one of your friends was to rate you as a friend, one to 10, what do you think they're rating you? Would they give you a five? Would they give you a 10? Like, are you the perfect friend? And I see so many people who are great friends to something, but they're not 
a good friend to Jesus. Like they're so worried about being loyal to the wrong things and they forget to be loyal to the creator. They're so loyal to the creation, but they forget about the creator, the one who's in charge. And I know people have made plenty of rules on what it means to be a great friend. Are you living by some rules and, and ready to die for some rules that you should not be ready to live or die for? Join me, C.L. Whiteside, on my podcast, The Non-Microwave Truth.